My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us today. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And we will uh, read through the text uh, of Philippians 3, and then I think we can get through 15, 16, and 17 today. Uh, and then next week, Lord willing, we'll finish up Philippians 3. It's like, what in the world? Uh, I kind of dig these 20-verse chapters, so that's pretty cool. That's, there's something, something to be said for short Bible chapters like it. All right, so let's, uh, let's read through Philippians 3, and then we'll jump into the text, so. <clears throat> in addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Watch out for the dogs. Watch out for the evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to, also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Philippians 3. All right, so if you've got your green books, we're on page 60. If 
you don't have a green book, you can find one at OurSundaySchool.com. So about midway through page 60, uh, starts verse 15. So what's the first word in verse 15? Therefore, so this is a connecting word, this is connecting, it's a continuation of thought and the argument from what Paul's just said before. So he's, he, we just talked last week about this forgetting what's behind and pursuing the goal, uh, pursuing my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Uh, and if you remember last week, we talked about um, that one of the personalizations was to pursue the call of God. Like this was a good thing to pursue and to actively engage with. So therefore, because of that, because of this uh, pursuit of the call of God, uh, the English, the CSB here has let all of us who are mature, which is um, in a roundabout way, a really helpful translation, but in a literal way, a very odd translation. So the Greek is two words, husos uh, and teleos. And the first one there is as much as or as long as, and the second one is complete. So, if you put those two phrases together, as much as complete, and the CSB translates it, let all of us who are mature. Do we, do we see the stretching there to help flesh out the thought that Paul had before? Because he's talking about people, he's talking to people, and he's talking about a group of people. So, this is, this is kind of helping us connect the believers here. So, let all of us who are mature think. So I just want to stop on the word think for a second. Do, do we focus on thinking rightly or doing rightly more often? Like which, which do we tend to focus on more? Like the doing rightly, right? Let's, you should be doing this, 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 you should be doing this. And the reality is like what we do is a result of our beliefs and thought processes. Um, so I just want to make sure that we, that we see this in the application at the bottom of page 60. Uh, the one I've written down here is mature believers have thinking responsibilities. Like we have thinking responsibilities. We are called to think a specific way. And in this context, when he says that all of us who are mature think this way, What's the this that he's talking about? What's he just mentioned? Yeah, the, this pursuing the call of God. Like, so our application here, our personalization then, is think about pursuing the call of God. Like, Does my life look like I am pursuing what God has called us to do? Or is it, you know, look closer to Jonah whose mindset was anywhere but Nineveh, <laughs> you know. I still think that's my favorite line from any Cademan's Call song. Uh, anywhere but Nineveh, that's where Jonah wanted to be. And uh, yeah, so let all of us who are mature think, and this is a plural think. So the next time you hear somebody say group think is bad, Paul didn't think so, as long as the object of that thought was the right thing. So this is a, this is a, a call to um, think collectively the same. So then on page 61, we have this uh, demonstrative pronoun, the word this. So this is referencing what we just talked about, back to this 
thought of this upward call of God. So let all of us who are mature think this way. And then the rest of page 61. And if you think differently. If you think differently. Um, I, I wonder sometimes how much we believe that our world is special and unique and uh, uniquely divisive in ways that it hasn't been before. And the reality is the world has been divisive ever since the fall. Um, right? I mean, there's been a lot of people who think differently. And Paul is saying here, if you think differently, top of page 62, this word differently is uh, heteros. Uh, it only occurs one time in the Bible. And if, if I asked you what the prefix hetero means, what does it mean? Different, right? As opposed to homo, which means the same, right? So hetero here is different. So anything that is, if you think differently about anything, which broadens the scope of Paul's immediate argument that he's making, right? So he, he was specifically just referring to thinking about pursuing the upward call of God. And now he kind of expands that lens a little bit and says, if any of you think differently about anything, has that ever been true? Yeah. I mean, we could pick 20 different random topics. And I don't know that we're all going to align on any of them, except maybe Jesus is Lord. I think in this room, I think, I, I think we could get everybody to go, yep, Jesus is Lord. That's cool. We're good on that one. Uh, but even in a group of really tightly geographically and theologically close Christians, there's going to be a lot of things that we individually disagree on. So even if you think differently about anything, like what's the next word? God. And I will tell you... Um, you know, the Lord is gracious to us to show us our sin. Um, and one of the regular and repeated ones that uh, the Spirit reveals to me is that I want to put Jim in that sentence. Like, it's my job to reveal to you how you are wrong, right? Uh, and I know that I have hit on something true when my wife's, both of her eyebrows go up. Uh, and they both went up twice, so there's that. Uh, but this is up to God to reveal this also to you in a plural sense. So the application here at the bottom of page 62, um, help me out with a better word, but I, I, what I wrote was God reveals misalignment. I'm not 100% sure misalignment's the right word there, but incorrect thinking. I think there's a lot of things you could put here, but um, I don't know that it changes the personalizations much. I've got two. So 1A uh, is trust him to do his work. Right? And what happens when I don't trust him to do his work is 1B, do not try to do his job. Like That's up to God to not just change hearts, but to change minds. And that's a, what's that? Uh, so God reveals misalignments, the application. So personalization 1A is trust him. And then 1B, do not try to do his job. 
it's really kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Because if we trust him, we won't try to do his job. If we don't trust him, uh, I'm probably going to try to do his job. Um, which is likely true in lots of parts of my life, but that's the one he's wailing on now. All right, so top of page 63. Anybody got a better word for misalignment there, though? Thoughts on that? I don't open this up. What's that, misunderstanding? I like that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder if attitude is the right way because it's a thought process. Could I have the wrong attitude about the way I think? Gee whiz. I'm thinking more of the line of us. It's just, every, like you just said, every single one of us have a different way of looking at things except for that one thing, Jesus the Lord. So I'm yeah. Oh, okay. Even though we have different attitudes, I could still be a yeah. I, 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 I kind of grip my teeth at that one because the word attitude's nowhere in the text. Right. So, yeah. And, and this is, like, I, we're, and we're going to lean hard in just a minute into the challenges that translators have with Greek texts like this where, like, we need a noun <laughs> or we need a verb to show up more often than we're really comfortable with. Um, and this fleshing out and expanding a bit is, it can be really helpful, and at times it also can go, eh, that's not in the text at all. So, does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, I think a lot of us are guilty of choosing which translation works best for us. <laughs> Instead Ooh. of what we, Ooh. This, is, this is hard work to parse Yeah. Every time I have a lesson like this, I am reminded why I have never been invited to sit on a translation committee, <laughs> and I am grateful that I have never been invited to sit on a translation <laughs> committee, because it's, it's just stupid hard. Like, it's just really, really hard. Um, and all that to say, it, this, I'm not, I don't want to imply that we don't have God's Word, or we can't be comfortable or confident in what we have. It's just, it's really difficult. Um, so, I'm grateful. All right, so uh, top of page 63, verse 16. Uh, in any case, whew, it's almost like Paul himself wanted to get off that topic, right? It's like, just, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Because, you know, Philippians, one of the things Philippians does not focus on is uh, disagreements among the Philippian church, right? I mean, that, that's one, and then he's, Yodia and Syntyche, we're going to hit it at the beginning of chapter 4. And that's pretty much it, right? I mean, this is not a letter where Paul takes out his club and beats the Corinthians to death with it. This is, you know, I'm encouraging you. I love you. I miss you. You know, Epaphroditus, uh, he cares. Timothy, we, we, we miss you guys. Um, so he's, he's really, it's fitting in the spirit of the letter, the thrust of the letter, that he's not going to spend a lot of time on it here because that's not really what this is entirely about. So top of page 16, in any case, uh, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. So a couple of, uh, we'll dig into the words here and then I'll show you something on the screen in just a minute. Uh, but this word for live, uh, I, actually, I tried to say it this morning. I taught a class yesterday, so you know, 60,000 words, my voice is shot today. I can't do the guttural CH sound and that's what you have to do to say this word right. And I, my voice just, it was gone when I tried it, so I'm not gonna kill it. 
But this word is to march in military rank or to conform to. Um, it's, it's similar-ish in a sense of submitting to a bigger authority, except this is much more about the living out and the high degree of alignment, which is why I used alignment back on 62, because that's kind of where he goes next. Um, this is about a high degree of alignment with something that is right and good and the example, which is what he moves into next is this imitation and the exampling that are, that are there. Uh, but this word doesn't show up a lot in the New Testament. It's, it's really beautiful every time it does. But my favorite, sorry, my, now I'm gui- I feel guilty about saying this is my favorite one of the verses where this verse is used, Matt, because you just like called me out. Um, all right. Galatians is before Philippians. Yes, it is. I will not find it after Philippians. It's Galatians 5.25. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, he's just listed the fruits of the Spirit in 22. The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That, that phrase, keep in step with, if you, if you look at it and you go like march in military rank, oh, I can, I can kind of hear the, the keep in step, right? Because if you've ever seen a group of military people march, it's, they're all hitting at the exact same time and there's a lot of training that goes into this. And Julie and I have uh, two nephews that are in the military and have recently gone through boot camp and they've shared with their cousins the amount of time that they spend training and getting all this to march and step and we got to be able to stop when you stop and turn when you turn and but what does that imply if you have a whole bunch of people that are obeying orders what does that imply somebody's giving orders that's exactly right and if you have multiple voices speaking at the same time giving orders this is not going to work Anybody who's ever had a job where you were fuzzy about who your boss was, like, that's not cool, man, because everybody's in charge or nobody's in charge, and it's just a mess. So, hearkening back to verse 14, pursue the upward call of God. There is the one voice, God, who is speaking into our lives that enables this later alignment in verse 16. So in any case, we should live, and here's where it gets a little wonky, up to whatever truth we have attained. So the word truth is not in the text. This is an added word to try to help make sense of what's going on here. And then we have attained is the word for preceded. Um, the, the verse about the... Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.15. I'll never find 1 Thessalonians. There it is, okay. 1 Thessalonians 4.15. For this we say to you by a word from the Lord, we who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. That word is the same word here for attained. This uh, thano, P-H-T-H. I mean, come on. Like, that's too many consonants in a row, Right? Um, I spit on my Bible every time I try to say it. It's not cool. I need like a spit guard here or something. Uh, but 
we should live up to, we should align with whatever this Adworth truth uh, we have attained. So what I want to show you real quick is uh, this is my Greek-English interlinear. And I'm actually going to pass this around the room uh, because I want you to see what's going on with uh, the original language. And an interlinear is just a really simple tool. It's got the, uh, the Greek text at, above and then the English like translation of each individual word right below. The tricky thing about an interlinear is that it preserves the order of the Greek words in the original. So Greek doesn't go subject, verb, predicate. Greek typically goes verb, subject, predicate. So you end up with this Yoda-esque kind of flow of speech uh, that can really mess with your head at times. But at the same time, when a translator is looking for, like, all right, so what did the original actually say? This is as close to literal as you can get, but you would never want to stand up and just read an interlinear because you're going to confuse the devil out of your audience because they're just going to be constantly struggling thinking like, all right, do I put, oh, what is that? Oh, that's it. So the hard work of turning this into something that you're holding is the work of translation, and it is really, really tricky. So I'm going to just pass this around, but I'm going to show you. Thank you much. Um, I'm going to show you what it looks like for uh, Philippians 3.16. You would have thought that I would have put that on the slide. I did not. Um, but the one that I'm passing around is the one that's keyed in the margins to the CSB. So you can, you can easily look, in, and there are different translations of this. And this is the uh, NA28. This is the, the Greek basis for everything in our uh, green books. So this is where all that comes from. So if you've ever wondered, well, like, where'd Jim get the Greek for that? It's copy-paste from nestlelalon28.com. Uh, with their permission. I got permission from the publishers. So there you go. So this is the Greek word order. So but to what we attained uh, in, the, in the same thing to walk. So do you... Do you see the word truth? But do you see how it would be helpful? Say like the, the CSB translates in the same thing as truth. Because what did we get from God? Did we get anything? For, like Their logic here is, that did we get anything other than truth from God? Well, no, of course we would have gotten truth from God. So let's supply this as the pronoun, let's replace it with a noun and help clarify the content of the sentence. You're like, well, that's one way to do it, sure. Um, and I'll tell you, a really, really handy website is uh, biblehub.com. Uh, you can go to biblehub.com and type in a verse, and it'll show you like 30 or 40 different translations of that particular verse. Very, very helpful for seeing how different groups took the original text and said, all right, we could, we could arrange this this way, we could reorder this this way, we could put this in and help, we could take this out and make it really clear. Uh, and you really quickly get a sense of, like, oh, I see who is very, very closely tied to both the order and the structure and the definitions of the original, and I see who, like, well, you got the spirit of what was said mostly, and I think you're close, but I wouldn't want to take two more steps away from where you are. Like, we might get a little fuzzy here. Um, so this is what, like, 
this is what I hang out in and do Bible study with. Like, this is the, I don't know. But I thought you might like to see it every once in a while. Like, this is the trick. So my question to you is, if you put on your Bible translator hat, what would you do with this? Right? And do you see how having a, a good theological grip on what came before and what comes after influences the translators on what they decide to pick with a specific verse? So sometimes when we sit back and have the benefit or the luxury or the sinful attitude, hi, my name is Jim, of throwing rocks at the translators, it's because they have a much larger view of what's going on. So I've just talked about, you know, this particular verse and maybe the surrounding verses, but Paul himself has tendencies in the way that he writes using specific Greek words. So another resource that translators might rely on is where else in the New Testament did Paul use these words this way? What did those arguments lend itself to on how you translate that? The next level back is how did the other New Testament authors use these words in this way? What is that? All right. The next level back is how did uh, early 1st century, 2nd century, 3rd century church fathers and historians use those words? And then the last one, when you come into words where you just, like this word shows up once in the New Testament, what do we do with it? We look at all the literature that's available from that time period and see how does this work, what should we do with it? So, have I sufficiently told you that it's hard? You go, have we checked that box? All right, good. Let's go to the next slide, Dave. Uh, but let's not miss the command here, right? Oh, I don't know. That uh, I may have messed up there. It's not a command. Sorry. Scratch that. Delete it off the podcast. Uh, in any case, we should live, right? And this word means to conform. So my application to the bottom of page 63 is Christians conform, right? Christians conform. So if you want a faith where you are free to do anything, Christianity ain't it. <laughs> like, sorry. And he's going he's gonna to dial into, <laughs> he's going to dial really hard into this concept in just a second. So what do we do with that? Conform, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, some of them are pretty easy. Conform. Somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago because I, I stood up here with the... Uh, sorry, I'm going back to the book that's being passed around. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago, if, you, if I had to have one resource other than a Bible that I could only use for the rest of my life, it would be that big BDAG book, right, that shows us... Remember just a second ago, we talked about zooming out, zooming out, zooming out, how these words are used in all of the literature available to us. If I had to... Somebody asked me, well, that's great if you got one more. If you got two more, what would it be? Uh, that one because it lets me go back and see like, the literal definition of each word and the order so that I could rearrange, uh, kind of get, make sense of it. All right, so let's keep going. Uh, verse 17 uh, is the word, the CSB translates it as join. Um, I, that's fine. Okay. I think a, a better, a lot of translations uh, translate it be imitating. Uh, some of them just omit the word the, the verb at the beginning and just say imitate, uh, which I think is fine as well because as long as you, as long as the, the tone comes across as an, a plural imperative, it's actual, uh, it's, it's accurate. 
but this is the word to generate, to become. Um, so be imitating or co-imitating me. So he's moved back to the singular now. Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, Paul was in this rather lengthy period of Philippians text where he's in the singular, he's given his CV, he's talking about his experiences, and he kind of switches back over to the plural for a second, and now he's back to the singular for just about, be imitating me, brothers and sisters. And so, so what's, the, what's the takeaway here? If, if there are people that can be imitated, then I would say an application at the bottom of page 64 is Christians have examples. Christians have examples, right? And I'm, I'm intentionally, the word there is plural, because we know that we are to model our lives and to follow after and to be like Christ. And the Philippians were to imitate Paul. So that's more than one. So Christians have examples. Um, and I would say, what do we do with that? Imitate them, right? Imitate them. Uh, Chandelier turned me on to a little phrase several years ago. Uh, because if anybody, is, is anybody other than Christ perfect? No. So was Paul perfect? No. Did Paul sin at some point in time on the day that he wrote these words? It was like, really good odds. Like, really good. I, I can't say for sure, but let, let's expand it to that week. Yeah, okay. During that week, there was, something did not go well, right? Um, but Chindley turned me on this little phrase, uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones. And so when we, when we imitate somebody's life who is following after Christ, we're going to see stuff where you go, like, ah. like one of my favorite barbecue restaurants is Ribbon Loin. And for a very long time, Ribbon Loin's philosophy was, uh, we're going to put up a sign for anything that could go wrong in our restaurant to uh, protect us. And uh, it was just, I mean, you walk up and you're like, wow, there's a cacophony of signs here. And it is just screaming at you without saying a word. Like, it's really, really loud. And one of the signs was, this is a barbecue, and I'm paraphrasing here. This is a barbecue joint. We deal with meat that has bones in it. Every once in a while, you're liable to get a bone in your food. We're not responsible for your dental bill. <laughs> it's like, how, how many dental bills did, came at you to have to write that sign, right? I mean, like... Like what, I'm wondering what the tipping point is for print, <laughs> and it's like, okay. But, but not everything we see in each other is worth imitating. Is that right? We good on that? So chew the meat, spit out the bones. And I'm saying this to myself, but let's not, let's not pitch a fit over the bones every once in a while. Let's encourage each other in those moments. Um, so the next word here in this this uh, verse, so join or be imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention. This is the Greek word skopeo. Um, if, if you drop the O, because most of the time the, the last letter or two is like the part of the nuance of the uh, morphology of the verb, what does that word look like? Scope. And in the context of pay careful attention, to scope, you get the, like, I'm, I'm zeroed in on somebody, and I'm like, there we go, I'm right there, I'm honed in, yes, sorry, didn't mean to make you nervous there for a second, uh, so the next application here is Christians pay attention, Christians pay attention, 
Now, my, my extreme, obnoxious disclaimer here is that I am in no way, shape, or form referring to firearms. Okay? With what I am about to say, I am not talking about, I am talking about telescopes. All right? I am not talking about firearms. So the personalization is put our scope on them. Okay? So pay attention and hone in. Like dial in. What are they doing? How are they doing that? How can I imitate? How can I be like? This is not firearms. Christians don't go around putting a scope on somebody. Okay? That is not Bible. <laughs> it's not make Jesus happy. I keep getting lower and lower when I say this. I need to stand up again. <laughs> Making me nervous. All right, this word on the next page is a present active imperative. So this is a group standing order. This is not just something that I, me, myself can obey. Like I, Jim can't obey this command. We can obey this command. You individually can't obey this command. This is a group command. So this is to take aim at or to regard. Uh, it only shows up six times in the NA28, but it also shows up in Philippians uh, 2, 4. Which is, uh, everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others, right? So I'm not honing in and focusing all of my attention on me, but rather that is going outward. Uh, my, so Galatians is just a, a gold mine of, again, it's to the left. There we go. Why would I think it would be to the right the second time? Uh, Galatians 6.1, brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves, that's the scope, so that you won't also be tempted. Like, be, be really, really careful that we don't fall into this while we are assisting someone else. So this examine or pay careful attention to those who live, and this is, this is going to be important, this word live, um, because it's not a, ooh, somebody did something right one time. That's awesome. We should do that. No, 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 no. This word live is a present active participle. This is a habit. This is a lifestyle. This is the norm for this person. Right? This is the, the typical behavior. This is how they walk around, how they live. According to the example you have in us. Now, that's bold talk. Right? but also inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? So it's accurate talk. But this word example, I'm going to lean back in for just a second. This is a tupas. Um, it means as a die that's struck or a stamp or a scar or a shape or a statue, a style or resemblance. And the last one is probably the best definition for this situation is a model for imitation, um, does anybody notice anything differently? I'm not done with the lesson yet, but does anybody notice anything differently about the weekly update this week? It's not in color. You know why it's not in color? Has anybody noticed anything that has been wrong with it in the color copies the last few months? There's something goofy going on with my color printer at home, and it leaves these black streaks along the side, and it drives me up the wall. Okay. I took the whole thing apart. Uh, about two weeks ago, cleaned everything I could clean, was so proud of myself, put it all back together, click print, black streaks. 
You know why there's black streaks on the page? Because there's something black somewhere in that machine that's getting on the page. And every page that runs through is seeing the mark of the machine that it came through. And when we are run through a belief system, an attitude, a thought process of misalignment with what God is saying, we're going to see those streaks on our lives that are not lined up with the righteousness of our example in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how you take a printer and work it into Philippians, just like that. There we go. There you go. I bet you, I don't know why I took it apart, as you just called Dave. Dave's sitting back there going, I can fix that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, that's right. I might, I don't know. No, Ju yeah. Julie's told me I can't buy the same one because I keep buying the same one and it's aggravating me. So, all right, anyway. So, pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. So, we'll end with this at the bottom of page 66 and we'll start with uh, verse 18 next week, Lord willing. Uh, application is Christians can be examples Christians can be examples, right? We can be examples for each other. This is good. But we're all just imitations, poor imitations of who? Like who are we actually really trying to be like? Christ, that's right. So personalization here is live like our Lord Jesus Christ. Because what I would hate for us to do is to say, you know, one of our pastors is our example. And then you get a copy of a copy of a copy. Like, no, 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 Like, yeah, we, we might see how to live that out in our day-to-day, -day, but we are always, like, God has no grandchildren, right? So this is not a, ugh, I don't have time to get into that, but live like our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so that's our lesson for today. And at your, on your black and white weekly update uh, that you have at your table, uh, this is how y'all will know that I have either bought a new printer or I'm just going to live with the old color one. When you see color show up again on the, pay, on the table, like there you go. That's the tip. But uh, we've got a lot of folks that are, uh, have been traveling this week, specifically the Johnsons. Uh, I got a text from them this morning. Uh, I think there was a typo. Sherry said that they traveled 17,000 miles. They went to Texas and back. 1700 okay yeah i i saw it i thought yeah you're tired that's right so y'all should sleep this is good uh but uh yeah so that's there's that so uh, if you would lean in engage and pray as a table uh for those prayer requests and when you're finished we get to go worship the one who is our ultimate example which is amazing and wonderful in every way so thanks for coming today guys yes dave Press publish. Oh, no, I got to do that at the beginning. Yes, that's the button that I didn't click. Yeah, it's now on my Rev 18 checklist. So you think I'm joking with Rev 18. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.